everyone, and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live. It's Love Walk, and I am your host, Leela Winston. I pray that you are well and that God is blessing in your life. As you know, we come together to read and to study in the Word of God, and also so that we can so that we can practically apply it, and also so that we can uh, learn our purpose and fulfill it in the earth. And so I'm so glad that you have come and you have joined me today. We're going to do a really interesting study. Um, we have been on the First Fruit series, and so now we're going to look at something I think that is really interesting in the way of the way that we look at um, certain people within our society. And so uh, I think we need to reconsider the way we look at women, right? I want us to uh, look at the book of the Song of Solomon, particularly the Song of Solomon, chapter 7. I think this is a great part of uh, the Song of Solomon. It's one where the writer talks about the beauty of the Shunammite girl. And I think this is really interesting because we can see lots of, um, I think you could say parallels with ourselves and with our love with God. And that is what I want to pull out today. So go ahead and grab your Bible. I want to uh, read to you the Song of Solomon, chapter 7, and we're just going to read the first verse. If you have a chance, I really do hope you will read the whole chapter. And so, it goes, How beautiful are thy feet with shoes, O prince's daughters! The joints of thy thighs are like, the, like jewels, the work of the hands of a cunning workman. And so, I want to kind of pull out some ideas from uh, the Song of Solomon, chapter 7. There's something really beautiful there. It talks about this really beautiful individual that is both physically and internally beautiful, right? I think that we have to remember that God created the beautiful Shunammite girl. He creates beauty. He creates beautiful people. He creates beautiful scenery, mountains, trees. God is not against beauty. And I think also it shows that he was a cunning craftsman who made her, right? You have to understand that God crafted her. And I think a lot of times we forget that God crafted us. You know, you don't have to be the Shunammite girl to be crafted by God specifically for the work that God has for you, right? So everything about you was crafted for a reason. You must remember that your level of natural beauty or talent was given by God in the measure that God wanted for the purpose he has for your life. And I think that's one reason why being jealous or envious of others is too silly. It really is, because your life can never be like theirs, and their life can never be like yours. You are two different people, and God has formulated you so that you can be the thing that he wants you to be, so that you can accomplish the thing that he wants you to accomplish. You probably couldn't do it looking the way that that other person looks, or you know, having the talent of that person over there. So you have to sort of think about these kinds of things. Then, I want you to remember that God uses everything for purpose. He knows what we can or cannot handle, right? So if he's, he's not going to give you something that you can't handle. And everything you have, you can handle, regardless of whether you feel like that or not, right? And that is why tinkering with yourself through cosmetic procedures is not advisable. Now, I'm not saying you can't do it. You're human. You can do whatever it is that you like. But God is fine with who you are, and he can do whatever he needs to do with who you are as you are right now, right? It's your choice. If you want to go get something done, I'm not going to condemn you for it. I am going to tell you, you didn't need it for him to accomplish what he wanted in your life. You're perfect. 
just the way you are, right? The second thing you have to remember is that God has a plan for even your kind of beauty. And I think that's really so unfortunate. I see so many women and men who don't understand that they have a kind of beauty that is good for what it is that they must do, the life they must live. And in the grand scheme of things, beauty is vain. So whatever purpose that it feels, let it be something that is filled for the glory of God. And so appreciate the beauty that God has given you, wherever that may be, the talent that God has given you. Look at what it says in Song of Solomon, chapter 6. Uh, it is chapter 7, I'm sorry, verse 6. It says, How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love, for delight. So the Song of Solomon isn't just the praise of a beautiful woman, but a pleasant woman. And even when we read about the description of her head and face, we see that there are allusions to her being an intellectual power, right? She's intellectually powerful. She's not just, you know, a pretty face, right? She's wise. She's a noble woman, right? In Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 4 and 5, he literally talks about that. He talks about powerful or noble cities. And I think that underscores something we all know. I think deep down we all kind of know this about women and men and even God. God is always encouraging us as his bride to learn, to get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God doesn't want us to be stupid, right? He wants us to be industrious and noble in whatever we set out to do. God isn't looking for a bimbo. <laughs> Sorry, he's not looking for a dumb bimbo with no intellect. How can he walk and talk with someone who is dumb as a rock? He's not looking for that. And I'm not saying that you have to be some intellectual somewhere. I'm not saying you have to know everything, but God isn't encouraging you to be stupid. He is looking for someone that he can walk and talk with. And I think this is something we can learn from as humans because the human marriage scenario is the most closest thing we have to understanding our relationship with God. And I think if we attempted to do what God wanted us to do to mimic that, I think we'd have better outcomes in marriages, regardless of whether they stay together or not. There are people who are together for years who are just miserable. So if our marriages as believers are to look like his, then God is not behind the broken and worldly rhetoric of men marrying dumb women who are only good for cleaning and making babies. If we look at the model woman in Proverbs chapter 31, we also know that as the woman of valor, this lady is industrious. She's wise. She's an entrepreneur. She has various businesses. She's smart and she's strong. Yes, <laughs> she's strong. And I will prove that to you in scripture because you guys know I will always try to prove it to you in scripture. And so it says in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 16 and 17, she considers a field and buys it. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. So there it is. God wants you to be strong if you're a woman. <laughs> I'm sorry if that contradicts our modern broken world. Yes, I understand. We live in broken times, people. So you're going to hear people say a lot of things. Get away from people who tell you you must be weak as a woman. Just get away from them. Run. Okay, run. The Bible doesn't even tell you that. A strong man needs a strong woman. And God is always telling men in the Bible to be strong. So he needs you to have a strong woman. 
He needs a help me that is just as committed to God's purpose as he. Because you know, the truth is weak people need others to be weaker than them. That's really the truth. <laughs> it's a fact. You know, if you know more than me and I'm internally weak and, you know, intimidated by you, that means your knowledge isn't going to inspire me to learn more. It just makes me feel insecure because I have a weak soul and an untransformed mind and I'm not willing to do the work to get where you are. I'd rather wallow in my mediocrity than improve myself. And this is a red flag for anyone, male or female, because it means rather than improve, the person would rather blame someone totally apart from themselves or grow envious at another for their own lack of growth in an area. So for from a, a Christian perspective, it might also mean they are kind of coast along Christians, right? Someone not willing to do the hard work of transforming the mind and being sensitive to the spirit, right? The sloppy faith people who believe that all you have to do is just believe and add no works to obtain anything from God. You see, the model woman in the Bible is strong and not weak, right? And when we look at the Song of Solomon, we see that she's not just beautiful, she's beautiful on the inside. She's noble, she's smart, right? So I wanna encourage you, if you're a young woman out there, Seek to be these things that God says you should be in the Bible. If you listen to the culture, if you listen to society, you'll end up in some pretty dark places. And what's unfortunate is you'll end up with some pretty dark people who believe the same thing, which will leave you in horrible situations. So try to reach for the things that God wants because you're, you're going to gravitate to people who think the same. And you won't have to squelch who you are. You won't have to hide that you're smart or that you're intelligent or that you're noble, right? You won't have to be nasty to people in order to prove anything, right? Those are the kind of people you want to be around, the good people. And so I want to note in the Song of Solomon, the male character is always pursuing the lady. And there is one time, actually two, in a moment of rejection in the Song of Solomon in chapter 3 and also in chapter 5 where he does not. And in this sense, we can learn from it that God is always reaching out to us. But when we hide from him like Adam and Eve did in Genesis chapter 3, we are creating barriers and distance in the relationship, right? And you have to ask yourself, do you hide from God in your work, in your social media, in your entertainment, in your activities? You know, with your friends, you must take time for God in the same way you must take time for your spouse. As long as you have a relationship, God, through his spirit, will be eager to reveal things to you and take you on these magnificent adventures as we see in the Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 11 to 13. They're calling to each other saying, let's go and visit this. Let's go and see that. But we must be willing to go where God calls and be sensitive to the prompting of the spirit he has amazing things in store for those that he delights in and we see this in the song of solomon chapter 7 verse 6 let's look at it it says how fair and how pleasant art thou O love for delights and so we know that he delights in us because he sent his son to save us he didn't send that son for satan or for a third of the angels that fell with him from heaven so God's desire is toward us, to help, to love, to save. And so the Shunammite girl put it this way, and I think it's just so beautiful. It says in Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 10, I am my beloved, 
and his desire is toward me. And so it's true. God wants to see you and be Emmanuel with you, a companion and a friend. So I want to encourage you, beware. Beware and be sure to marry someone who you can be a companion with and a friend. You see, most marriages don't last even when the couple does remain together because they're not companions or friends. They're not making the effort to accommodate each other in friendship, in kindness, and in the fruits of the Spirit. They stop going on adventures with each other the way that we have seen the beloved in the Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 11 to 13. You see, there is a need for love and tolerance and optimism to stay elastic, right? Remember, the fruit of the Spirit keeps our heart elastic and soft. When you become hard, hearted, you know, just hard-hearted on the inside, you cannot bend. And that means if you can't bend, you're going to break. And if you think I just made that up, you will see that the Bible actually talks about that. And we see the result of hard hearts too. We see that with Pharaoh. Remember, in Exodus chapter four, 7, verse 14, it says something interesting. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. So Pharaoh is a great example. As his heart hardened, he grew more inflexible until eventually he broke. And it is a lesson to us that when we have a hard heart, something will break in our lives. And not just we ourselves, because Pharaoh wasn't the only one to break, but Egypt did too. The wealth of Egypt, the fame and the renown of Egypt, it all broke. The military of Egypt fell. So when we think of love, we must think of a flexible heart. You need an elastic heart to live joyfully and fully. So be sure your heart always stays pliable for your partner, for your friends and the people in your lives. And remember that as a woman, you have this great opportunity to be a woman of valor. And I think that the Song of Solomon is a great example of how someone who truly wants to see you thrive and grow, you become their muse. We can become God's muse. That's why he takes such good care of us. And I would encourage you, you're a young lady, find someone who thinks of you as their muse, who wants to see you grow and be better. That is a strong person. That is a loving person who wants to see the best for you. And I pray the best for you. Whether you're a male or a female, make sure you find someone who is your companion, who is in your corner. So I thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.